welcome back. This is your host, Austin, and you're listening to the Prepared Mindset Podcast. Thanks for joining us this week, everybody. Got a really, really cool episode. Uh, I am joined by Mr. Alex Manner. Uh, he is one of the trainers or training cadre or staff members. I mean, whatever whatever term you want to use for uh, maneuver training solutions. He's also uh, involved with leaderless gentlemen and tactical lifters guild. So this is going to be another episode where we're able to bring you guys some new information, kind of, I don't want to say shift the scope because I really don't see us ever shifting our scope of what we talk about here, but I would say that we're expanding our scope into things like capability and nutrition and fitness uh, and kind of as the community continues to you know, evolve uh, and expand its knowledge and focus to not just gear and, you know, really, really cool blasters and optics and things like that, because those things are all great, but also just deepening the understanding and expanding the reach of that understanding around, hey, your physical fitness is directly correlated to your capability and the probability of your personal success in a survival situation. So uh, really excited to be able to have Alex on and, and to talk with him and cut it up here. So I think you guys, I think you're really going to dig it. Um, you know, before we get over to the interview, as always, got to say thank you to our patrons. If you guys are looking for a way to support the prepared mindset, if you're looking to get more from us, more content, more information, check out the Patreon page, guys. Uh, a really great example of that is all of our Patreon patrons are getting hooked up with a special thank you gift from our friends over at 100 Concepts, and it's not even a released item yet. So uh, just a small way that we're able to say thank you for all the support, uh, in addition to you know saying thank you every week and, and let you know how much it means to us that we're able to pursue some of these projects, like the group trip that we're going to be taking on out to the HTA range day in September. I, I mentioned this last week in our episode, and I really I cocked it up, guys. I think I said HFA like two or three times. HTA Range Day, the Human Trafficking Awareness Range Day put on by our friend Dylan Ruth. You guys might know him on Instagram as Ruthless Actual. Uh, so again, just going to reiterate, go check out HTA Range Day. Guys, I'm pretty sure there's still openings in some of the classes there, and it's an absolutely just amazing opportunity for the $100 you pay to get in to get days worth of training uh, and access to just incredible knowledge from people uh, like the guys over at Ryan Training Group and Blake and Chance Cooper, who've all been on this podcast before, right, for basically very little money. And it all goes towards, every cent goes towards an amazing cause like human trafficking, awareness and prevention by donating to Deliver Fund. So again, uh, thank you to our patrons. If you guys are looking for a way to support us, that's a great way. Patreon.com forward slash prepared underscore mindset underscore pod. Additionally, we have some really kick-ass sponsors that we work with that help us make our mission, our our goals, our episodes possible. First and, and you know foremost on that list is Midwest Gunworks. Guys, if you're looking for any firearms, any components and pieces to finish a build, to upgrade that pistol, upgrade that rifle or AR that you bought off the rack when things were not so friendly in the streets a couple years ago, head over to MidwestGunworks.com. They set up discount code PREPAREDMINDSET. It's going to save you 5% off. So whether that's a new firearms purchase, whether that's just you're swapping out the barrel to something of a different length, or you're building an upper, you're building a lower, you're changing out a charging handle, you need to pick up a sling. They stock Edgar Sherman design slings. Guys, let Midwest Gunworks take care of you. Head to MidwestGunworks.com. They've been in business since 1997. They won't steer you wrong. If they say it's in stock, it's in stock. Whatever you need, they're going to take really, really good care of you. Again, discount code prepared mindset for 5% off. 
Thank you as well to HRT Tactical Gear. Guys, I've been blown away with my gear from HRT. I'm not just saying that because they're a sponsor. I have actually amazed at the quality and the design of the carrier they sent me, the placard. Guys, the Maximus placard, I'm convinced it has the most storage space of any placard on the market in the conventional sizes. Yeah, you can get some of these, you know, uh, giant chest rigs that you strap on a plate carrier. That's not what I'm talking about. A regular size 3AR placard. It's got two zip open pouches with tons of small storage in there. Side pouches that you can use for pistol magazines. You can use for multi-tools. You can use for flashlights. Honestly, I have not seen anything better. And I've tried stuff from Spiritus, from tons of other companies, right? And HRT has absolutely, in my mind, set the standard Love all the gear. If you guys are looking for any kinds of belts, mag pouches, they have flashlights on the site that they have designed with their own unique tail cap. Tons of great solutions. Head on over to hrttacticalgear.com and pick up some new gear for you, for your buddies, for your wife today. Huge thanks as well, like I just mentioned, to 100 Concepts. They were kind enough to hook all of our patrons up with a yet-to-be-released item that I think a lot of you guys uh, may have an inkling as to what it may be. And they're an outstanding company, you guys. We love being able to partner with them. Head on over to 100concepts.com and support what those guys are doing. The company motto is do good, be dangerous, and live free. Those are principles that all of us can embrace and do embrace, likely, if you're listening to this podcast. So head on over to the site, check out their scope caps, the light caps. Those those are what put them on the map. Honestly, they're really, really simple products designed really, really well to address some issues that most of us up until that point were ignoring. I know, I know I sure was until I saw one of them on Instagram and go, Hey, that's really neat. I wonder what that is and why it's important to have that. And now they're on every one of my rifles. You can also pick some up, uh, pick up some of their pack scrim, their helmet scrim. They have their whole line of hex caps they're working on guys. I can go on forever. They're, they're out with TRX Arms now. They're out with Big Tech's Ordnance. Guys, 100 Concepts is absolutely taking over the industry. Head to the website and pick up some new gear for yourself today. Last but not least, huge shout out to John over at LARP Labs for all of his support. Guys, what can I say about LARP Labs uh, that I haven't already said? You know, they are great, top-notch, computer-cut, 3M vinyl graphics. Guys, this stuff, it's not going to peel. It's not going to leave a sticky residue. And if you're still not ready to paint your your weapon system, or maybe you work at a department, at an agency where they just don't allow it, this is an awesome, awesome solution for your handheld lights, your optics, your weapon lights, your lasers, your PVS-14s, whether it's an EOTech, an Aimpoint, Vortex, Holosun, whatever you need. Head on over to LARPLabs.com. They set up discount code PREPAREDMINDSET, that's all one word, for 10% off your order. And they got it in all the good colors. Ranger Green, M81, Multicam, and a whole ton more. They just redid the website, you guys. Head on over to LARPLabs.com. Check out what they got going on and pick up some vinyl wraps for yourself. Okay. So like I said, my guest this week is Mr. Alex Manor, Maneuver Training Solutions, Leaderless Gentleman, Tactical Lifters Guild. We're going to get into a whole bunch of really, really good stuff. I think you guys are going to dig it, man. I really do. Uh, I know I'm very fortunate to have gotten connected to Alex through a previous guest. Somebody reached out to me and said, hey, man, he would be great for you to talk to. Here's his information. Go ahead and look into him. I did, and I'm ready to bring it to you guys. It's just one of the really, really cool parts about this podcast is the relationships, the friendships that you build, and then from those sprout new connections and new relationships uh, to be able to bring even more information to you guys. It's it's awesome. I'm super excited. I, I can't wait. Let's just get on over to my discussion with Alex right now. Here we go. Alex, welcome to the podcast, man. How are you? Good, man. How are you doing? 
good. You know, I always look forward to, uh, to be able to do this, uh, after, after a long and tenuous day job, being able to sit down and connect with dudes like yourself. It's always the, the brighter part of my day. Um, so I'm, I'm doing good, man. It, it's, it's good. And That's awesome. That, uh, uh just having, happy. A, having something. Oh, sorry. No, I just, uh, having that, uh, having something to look forward to other than the mundane of everyday life is extremely important, not just helping other people, but it helps yourself as well. It, it honestly, that's probably one of the, one of those things that can't be overstated enough. Like I have, I have friends both in this community and out, but, uh, that don't have that thing they look forward to. And you can just tell like when they have something like that going on, they're a totally different person. And when they don't, it's, it's obvious like people like, it's like a depression thing, you know, um, especially during the winter months. Uh, I don't know where you're located at. I'm in Michigan. So we spend like five months out of the year in shitty hellish winter weather, uh, where you can't really go outside unless you're into, you know, snowmobiling and stuff. So, uh, I find that those two things are pretty closely related, you know, the depression that sets in with the weather like that. And then also when you just don't have that positive thing to look forward to. And it's, it's, it's huge, you know, um, can't, cannot be overstated. Um, but I'm excited to be able to get into a a whole bunch of stuff. Um, I know we, we have a couple mutual friends in common with the guys over at Orion and Blake. And, um, before we get into all this stuff, uh, why don't you go ahead and tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and kind of what, what you're doing. Um, yeah, so I'm Alex, um, born and raised in California enlisted when I was 19. Uh, I was homeschooled my whole life. Um, I lived in Virginia for um, a total of four years. And then I actually just moved back to the East Coast from North Dakota this last year. Um, so that, that cold weather you're talking about, I completely understand. Um, yeah. And for the little little over a year now, I've been uh, uh, working with Blake Flannery over at Maneuver Training Solutions. Um, and then I've been helping him out for a little over a year now with Orion Training Group. Um, other than that, I spend my time uh, diving into the um, fine intricacy of uh, rehabilitation of the body um, because I think it has a direct correlation with the mind. Um, so I give it a cross between uh, teaching combat MOSs how to rehab themselves and then give them a direct answer on why your physical therapist is telling you to bend this way. And then when you ask why they basically tell you to just shut up and color, um, because they have the next patient to get to. So I know from the 10 years of in the military, nine and a half, um, I never got really big whys. I wanted to do this and then what other kind of benefits it had. Yeah. No. And you see, you see stories online, you hear people talk about the, I mean, any, and it can be military, it can be law enforcement. Honestly, it can be civilian too. I mean, with what you're talking about and the way that I think we approach self-care in, in physical terms, right? Physical therapy, addressing injuries and trying to build ourselves back up, I think is drastically misunderstood 
I think a lot of people get pushed in a lot of different directions. Typically, a lot of it's medication based, unfortunately, um, which isn't good. I mean, like sometimes it is. Sometimes it works and it's a sh- hopefully a short term deal, uh, but it's not you don't you ideally don't want to be on drugs your whole life um unless you absolutely have to uh and i've been through a couple of those kinds of things uh where <clears throat> they threw round after round after round of medication at me and it would work and then you you'd stop it because you don't want to take it too long cuz it can cause xyz side effects and then the issues come back because it's not really fixing the issue it's just masking the symptoms you know yeah um so being able to understand and being able to address those things correctly, it's, it's important, you know, um, especially when we're talking about building the body back up to be effective. Uh, you hear guys, you know, my back is all jacked up. My knees are totally shot from time in the military. Uh, I have a buddy who was attack P for six years and he straight up told me, he's like, dude, I would love to go rucking. I can't do it my knees are shot to shit. Like I just, I can't do it anymore. It's everything I, I have to, to pick up my kids and to do stuff day to day. And I'm like, damn man. And he didn't, he didn't even deploy. He tried to, but he didn't even deploy. And this, these are the kinds of things he deals with. Um, yeah. You know, and that, uh, I'm oh, sorry, go ahead. No, it's, uh, it's just, it's, it's something that's unfortunate and it's very, it's difficult because if you don't address those problems, you know, they just get worse and worse. And eventually you get to a point where you can only come back so far. I feel like. Um, there's, well, I said it a few weeks ago, um, on my, uh, lifters guild page, uh, that unless you have physical trauma to a specific area of your body, um, and you don't get it fixed, you have you have a hundred percent chance of not being where you used to be if you never get an injury fixed, an actual injury. But you have, in my opinion, you would have a 50-50 chance of actually getting that injury fixed. And you know, 50% chance of getting back to your hundred. Um, but there's there's a fine line with it because in in order to be an extraordinary human, you've got to go through extraordinary pain. And this this nonsensical of you should never hurt. I mean, you, you got guys like your buddy who's attacked me for six years, um, never even deployed and can barely pick up his own kids. Um, you just lost my talking point. <laughs> um No, you it's can't. Okay. You can't. You can't go through something like that. You can't go through something like being a Marine Infantry or an Air Force Tap P and not expect some sort of pain. And and the fact that he is even walking upright because this lifestyle is is unnatural. I mean, we're not supposed to move the way we're moving. And so the fact that somebody like that has pain is not surprising. Uh, but I would say unless it's actual injury that you haven't gotten fixed, there is a high chance of you coming back and being within the confines of your limits. You can start moving really, really well again without drugs because it, it, it's, it's 
to me, it's a lifestyle. It's not, I have a goal of getting better to where this doesn't hurt. It's I have to get better to where everything is working together. I, I, I feel like I'm not making sense, but. No, I mean, I think it, I get what you're saying. You know, you have to, to me, it's like you, you almost have to, before you get hurt, have yourself in a, in a good enough place to, when that does happen, build yourself back. Um, maybe, you know, like I, to me, it feels like we see people that they maybe on the, maybe it's more on the civilian side because in the military and law enforcement, right. You're conditioned, like you said, to do things differently, to build yourself up. Mm -hmm. And then you kind of have raised that threshold for yourself. I feel like a lot of people that get hurt on the civilian side of things, they develop chronic back issues or knee problems or whatever. They were never in shape to begin with. So then, yes, yeah. you know, like you were saying, right, to get back to your 100%. Well, if your 100% sucks and maybe you only get 80% back to that, that's that 80% is not very good at all. It's all, it's like yeah. it's relative. And, to do the kinds of things that I think a lot of people in this community want to do and then want to continue to do right after, after service for whatever reason that may be, whether they get out or they were, I have a buddy who was medically discharged who fell out of a helicopter, not his, not his choice, never the way he would have done it. I would hope, <laughs> um, you know, I imagine a broken back and pelvis and shattered this and that would probably not be the way anybody wants to end their military career, but it, it happens. You know, so if you're not in a good place physically before that, the place you end up after that, even with any amount of work is not going to be effective if you want to continue to do these kinds of things, you know, uh, training, rocking, like you said, it's, it's a, it's a lifestyle, it's a personality, it's a mindset, um, pardon the pun, right? But uh, it's, it's something that needs to be a, a strong focal point um, because I don't, I, we don't like to think about it. No one wants to think about getting hurt, but it's a reality. Whether you're just training or I got, you know, realistically, right, deploying and, and things happen. Um, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I just, I think that's something that the military does well with all the PT is it puts people in a better, uh, well, or it used to. I don't know if it still does, uh, <laughs> but it put you in a better place to be successful. Um, yeah. I would say mindset wise, um, physically, I think that the majority of people in the military that are, I mean, PTing themselves. And then the problem is, is that, I mean, if I had to put a statistic to it, I would say 99% of the people that actually exercise in this country don't even exercise correctly. And you get, you know, 1% of that that goes into the military or 3% or whatever it's, it supposedly is. And then you have portions of those individuals start training others and they don't even know how to work out themselves. And then it just starts trickling down to where everybody in the military is, excuse me, but just fucking destroyed. Um, and, and, and so I would, I would say that the, the intensity of physical training that we go through in the military definitely puts us in the right mindset to succeed because I mean, I, I was given a term uh, back in my ITB days um, was get the bitch out your heart. 
Now the full quote is, get the bitch out of your heart. I'm going to take you to the tree line and we're going to find Jesus. And that was from <laughs> one of uh, one of my instructors because, you know, we wanted to fall out during the ruck. But uh, I, I brought it into the Air Force. And traditionally, I mean, obviously it has a lot to do with the mindset of PT. Um, but it, it prepares you for a mindset. I and mean, I think that's why a lot of guys, when they get out, they might be jacked up, but they're still, they're still going on a run. They're still trying to go ruck. They're still trying to, they're still trying to go lift. And it's just, they have so much of this mindset of, I cannot be a bitch that, um, they just keep destroying themselves. And, and I'm trying to bring a new wrap around that, it's not having the strongest deadlift. It's not having the biggest biceps or most shapely pecs. It's not about the, the, the fastest runtime or the, or the strongest power clean. It's about how you can control your body in all aspects. Because if I can get my brain to connect to the absolute smallest muscle tissue, um, and, and, and with the page, I try to correlate that with how you would think of it with marksmanship or tactics. Um, I'm, um, I've talked to Blake about this in the last couple of weeks was that I'm, uh, I'm going to make a video on something I, you know, like you're on the rifle range and everybody's telling you get that natural respiratory pause, close mm-hmm. your eyes, big, deep breath, let it out, and then open your eyes and aim down range and it's like if you are off target adjust your body don't move the gun do it again and that way you get that natural side alignment um, and you have a greater success of accuracy and i'm taking that natural respiratory pause and applying it to the bench the squat the deadlift i mean uh isolated isometric movements of you know a single leg deadlift or uh dumbbell curls you know actually pick up your weight back it off into the set that you you know in the position that you want close your eyes big deep breath and then you start thinking about what muscle feels weak or tight or whatever and then you are able to focus on that and you are you eventually start to actually rep the weight even and you start to get blood flow into areas that you have it in years because you're using a mirror as your level of accuracy. You <laughs> are shifting the gun onto the target rather than shifting your body to the target. And uh, um, I think I've, you know, I, in my opinion, most people rely on so much of external um, focus to, that sets them straight instead of actually trusting what, I mean, in my opinion, is God's perfect design. Yeah. I mean, that's and, just, and, it, it sounds, it's like a, a level, a greater level of thoughtfulness in, in what you're, you're working towards is what it sounds like. I mean, because I can, <clears throat> I can personally attest, I've been that guy where I just go for it. And mm-hmm. yep, I need, to get, I need to get four sets of 10 or six sets of 10 in or, or whatever. And I, it, it probably honestly extended the timeline before I started seeing increased muscle mass, weight loss, increased stamina. Cause it was just like, well, um, I think this is it. I'm going to go for it. Not taking that time to like, you're saying, stop, 
think about what you're doing, kind of, I guess, center yourself, right? To pay it really, really, it's paying attention to what you're doing and understanding how to get a better output from your input. Is that, am I kind of on the right track with that? Yeah, absolutely. Cause, um, I mean, there's been, there's been a lot of changes to my lifestyle, um, since I got out about a year and a half ago. Um, I mean, I'm not living in nine months of negative 70 degree weather uh, <laughs> around, uh, around, I mean, crazy amounts of jet fuel, uh, you know, negative temperatures, radar systems, chemical weapons, um, mm-hmm. you know, cause that's, that's what I did in, in the air force. And I was around all that and, and people know, I mean, you carry the Thor system or certain radios and, and, uh, thermal systems, and radar trackers, whatever it might be. I mean, you know, guys in Afghanistan and they move it for two weeks and then they start to notice that they have a hell of a lot more joint pain. And then they just, they automatically think, Oh, it's because I'm, I'm exerting myself so much more. And regardless of what people want to think, if you, in this lifestyle of, of, you know, let me pick up a hundred pounds, like your tech buddy and go for 20 miles. And then when I'm not doing that, I'm going to go to the gym and try to get stronger in those areas for me. You are, you are inherently going to be better off, but a lot of people don't realize that, that it's just the lifestyle that you are around your environment. Uh, because whether you like to, I mean, whether anybody likes to admit it or not, the military is toxic. Um, and in all four branches, I don't care if it's, you know, if someone's a Marine and they think the Air Force is easy. Yes, it's, it's, it is easier for sure. Um, <laughs> because I know both sides. And, and in my opinion, I can say that, but uh, there, it still has its stressors. And some of them are external, like, I mean, carrying those radar systems or just being around them. You, mm-hmm. I mean, you start to dry out your freaking body and I'm destroyed from the Marine Corps um, and I'm not paying attention to the actual nutrient dense meals that I'm eating. Now I am, I'm paying attention to all of that and I'm paying attention to, to, you know, my, my body has fought not to do something so much for so long that now I've changed everything. My body is like, okay, we're getting better now, start using that again. And, mm-hmm. and it's, and I can't tell if it's just because of my lifestyle in the last year that I, I'm, I'm starting to feel muscles that I haven't been able to feel in so long uh, because of all that inflammation from, I mean, ankle surgery, knee surgery, and six back injections and Yikes. seven, seven in total, I probably had six years of physical therapy um, between shoulder, back, hip, knee, ankle. I mean, hand. I can't keep my left pinky straight. I'm starting to lose my grip in it, you know. But I, my lifestyle changed so much for the better, not just external stressors, but um, in my opinion, um, the mental side of it came from realizing how mentally lost I was being around such a toxic environment. Cause I tell myself all the time, a toxic environment is more likely to change you than you are it. But I let so much of it slide. Um, you know, regardless of me arguing with my superiors in the air force about how they wanted to conduct certain tactical movements or gear setups or whatever it may be. 
um, there were things I fought for because I truly believed in it, but there was other behaviors, thoughts, feelings that I was just like, whatever, that's just the way life is. And, and since getting out, I've real, I've grown up. Yeah. Um, every, every major change in my life from leaving and reenlist, uh, enlisting, getting out, reenlisting and getting out again, I've, I've, uh, I've had a shitload of growth, um, a, a lot of maturity. Um, and it's, uh, it's it with, with actually being able to move again, I have all these injuries. I'm almost 30. Um, uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm almost, I'm 29 and I feel like I am the way I should have been moving at 17. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I guess the word for it is sad or unfortunate, you know, really they, yeah. that that's the way it ends up working is, and I guess that's why people say that <laughs> youth is wasted on the young, uh, or, you know, because it's, you, by the time you figure those things out, it's almost too late, but maybe, but hopefully, right. That's through the work that you can do with, you know, with your endeavors, like, uh, leaderless gentlemen, like the work with maneuver and things is to help provide that guidance. So people can either course correct, or maybe even not even go down that path, you know, cause I, I, one of the things that I, I mean, I'll even say personally, I've struggled with is just trying to understand how to build that muscle, how to be more physically fit and capable. Um, and, and you mentioned toxic environments. I mean, it's, I mean, the internet's pretty much the definition of toxic, right? But you look for, you look for input and things and you get, you know, guys that put, uh, they put 11 B on the end of their, uh, fucking Instagram name. And they're like, Oh, you just need to PT more. And it's like, well, what does that mean? Do you even know? You know, and people yeah. say that and it, it builds this, it's, it's not even a false sense. It is a completely, it sounds like to me, a completely misunderstood, uh, this perception of what, uh, what true fitness and capability is and should be. And then what that looks like across not just four years, but 10 years, 20 years, mm-hmm. what you're going to be like down that, that line. So you don't end up, you know, uh, 45 years old in a wheelchair, you know, because you just, you went so hard for so long that eventually your body just couldn't hold up and it could have been avoided. Mm -hmm. There's, um, there's, uh, that the the last thing, well, I mean, honestly, there's, there's, there's two, there's two things I'm I'm thinking of right now. And and one of it was, you know, guys who put 11 Bravo at the end of their Instagram handle that are commenting, just, you need to PT more. Um, I made a comment on uh, the leaderless gentleman um, in the Air Force. I was in charge of, um, we called it orientation course. It was a selection process in order to be on um, the, do you know what Marine Corps RTT is? Uh, the not exactly. Nuclear, no. So Marine Corps RTT is uh, the recapture tactics team. So the guys responsible for um, recapturing the nuclear submarines um, on the east and west coast. Okay. And um, um, so basically, they just they train and train and train and they shoot 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 and then they just wait for the possibility of an adversary to steal something. Um, and then that's essentially what I did in the Air Force. In my opinion, a hell of a lot more versatile. Uh, because we weren't working with the intricacies of a compound, we were 
working open field, um, a lot of helicopter operations, uh, not enough scouting and patrolling and like reconnaissance and direct action foot movement because it was negative 70 degrees outside for nine months out of the year. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we didn't, we didn't get enough of that, but um, I'm, I'm leading my, my students in a PT session in, uh, in advanced infantry course back in 2015, we did what they called man shit Fridays um, for PT. And um, I brought that to the orientation course in the air force. We would do man shit Fridays and I had to be careful with that because everything in the air force was co-ed. So um, oh, I yeah. had to be careful with certain people complaining about it being man stuff and not everybody stuff. Um, God yeah, but, but, but we, I mean, we, we were in full uniform, full kit. Um, and, um, I, I mean, when I PT with those guys, I carried every single, if they had their cell phones in their bag, I had my cell phone in my bag. If they had a, a map pen, I put a map pen in my bag. I, I, when I did it, I tried to have the exact level that they had. Um, and I would PT with them every Friday. We would go on some sort of ruck movement to contact. And then every you know quarter mile, half mile, we would stop and do some sort of tactical training, um, immediate action drills, um, you know, clear out uh, a, a hangar bay or something, just whatever to, to get them to understand that not only do you have to be a man about this stuff, suck it up, you have to move because um, if somebody fell out, they would pay for it. And it was just, you know, that um, masculine, in my opinion, the masculine would be a fucking bitch and move because if you keep falling out, everyone else is going to, is going to suffer for it. And, and correlating that with, um, you know, simulated combat, uh, just something to stress them out. And I, I posted that and I made the caption of, um, just because you have the ability to fuck up your guys doesn't mean you should. Because every single day I had the ability to absolutely run those guys into the ground, into the dirt. And there were, there were certain times, you know, if they dropped a mag, depending on how many times they dropped the mag during weapons manipulation training or a piece of gear fell off. Um, I would either make it a talking point for training or I would actually, you know, if I didn't say anything, I would give them three strikes, but I would, I would, I would, uh, uh, like an implied task. If your mag pouch mm -hmm. keeps falling off, fucking reattach it the correct way. I shouldn't have to say that. And mm -hmm. if you don't know how to do it, I'm trying to develop a thinker to be like, Hey, this keeps falling off. I don't know why. Let me ask. Let me be a fucking adult and go ask how to be an adult. If you don't know how to adult and you're an adult, then you need to go find out. And um, unfortunately, in the Air Force, a lot of those guys, you know, were like that. They 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 worked so long off of checklists that they didn't really know how to think. But um, I told you I'd go off on tangents and, and off. No, it's but the, that honestly, the we see that. A ton in the community. Guys are almost too afraid to ask basic questions because of the, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's the fear of the response or the shit people will give them or, or, or they're just anxious about it. I don't know. I, I mean, I remember at some points as a new shooter, new to the space, that anxiety, but it's, you know, I mean, you hope that people will 
either a like you said be an adult just ask the question you don't know how to reattach it here this is how fix it the right way then you understand but don't like don't just like leave it don't just half-ass it back together and then it becomes a recurring problem and you just basically wait for someone to do it for you it creates more problems it doesn't help anybody yeah but um I'm, I'm, I'm rolling with these dudes and, um, it was cold enough that, that I was, it was cold enough that I was wearing a beanie while we were doing all this. But I, I, I said, just because you have the, the, the ability to run your dudes into the dirt doesn't mean you should. And, and I had this guy, um, he had a, you know, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm you know, insta famous or some stupid bullshit, but, um, a, a dude commented was like, no, this is completely false. Like, we are supposed to be war dogs and if they can't hack it, then they should be the ones in the, in the, uh, you know, the nutrition rate. They should, they should be out. They shouldn't be there anymore. And I'm like, I'm so happy. I, I, I argued with this guy, not to argue, but I gave a point to where it doesn't matter who you are. You could be someone with heart. Someone that should be, you know, in the infantry squad because you have the heart, you have the ability to keep going for your brothers, but you have just just a little bit of less physicality than the rest of your squad. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't mean doesn't mean he's a piece of shit. He just needs better training, not more training, better. Because it, the only the, the the only thing a 17 year 17 year old needs to do in order to stimulate strength in the weight room with his body is to give it the absolute bare minimum. I mean, you could go into the gym and, and be, and, 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 you know, you get a, you get a five foot, 720 pound female that's never lifted a barbell in her life. And she can barely lift the barbell for two reps. If she goes in every three days to do those two reps on the barbell after, after some time, she's going to get five reps and she's yeah. only giving it the bare minimum of stimulation, just enough to force it to work. And, um, that's, that's all you need to get stronger. So the fact of you need to just go out and push and push and push, yes, you will get stronger. But if you are not having, and I say three days for a specific reason, because that's the bare minimum of rest that you should have. Um, if you are Monday through Friday, absolutely destroying your squad. And then you release them on Friday evening and they're the assholes that do nothing but drink and eat dominoes every single weekend. And then you come back and fucking destroy them Monday morning. You're not going to have a squad anymore. You are just as toxic as the first sergeant that thinks he gets, should get an award for getting a, a mass NJP in a quarter or whatever. Yeah. Because the, the, there are there are first sergeants and and sergeant majors that literally get awards for having X amount of NJPs, and it's like that's not that is not not only is that leadership, but you are physically ruining someone's life. Mm-hmm. and and i can't i can't say i was perfect i mean you know there's you know so, science is a practice being a doctor is a practice being a lawyer is a practice you know we have so many practices out there and we think that they say one thing and it's always that way but it's it's, it's practice for a reason and shit changes and so you know i had said like 
by the time you're a fire team leader or, or a squad leader, you should be like the bare minimum, you know, planet fitness personal trainer by the time you're a fire team leader. And then by the time you're a squad leader, you should be like the, the, um, the, you know, the NASA certified personal trainer level at, 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 you know, anytime fitness, you know, just working your levels up. And by the time you're a platoon sergeant, you should be basically like a, uh, a, uh, strength and conditioning coach and a, a, a physical therapist assistant. You should have this knowledge on not just how to get your boys to be stronger and faster and physically bigger because that intimidation factor is huge, but also ensuring that their lifestyle is bettering. And, you know, we have so many leaders out there that are pushing their guys to go to college and, and take those, um, take those, you know, general education classes for college to where you just go and you take the test and you get like the credit for the whole class, uh, class tests Mm -hmm. for the military, you know, and, and they're, they're, they're centering it around so much of college, but everybody knows how stupid and bullshit college is that nobody is talking about, you know, your buddy who was a tech B for six years, can't even pick up his own, his own kid. I, I was, I forced myself to be able to pick up my kid but there were times that my sciatic nerve on my right side, because I have one of my discs is bulging and pinching the nerve. And I'm worried about, I was so worried about nerve damage at not even 30 years old. And then I'd go for a walk at a, you know, with my family for 10 minutes outside when I, when I got out and in 10 minutes up to like 30 minutes, I'd be, I'd have a gimp. I'd be limping because my, 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 my right foot would be killing me. Right. And my right knee would be like feeling like it's going to fall off the right side of my lower back, my left shoulder, everything was in pain after 10 minutes of walking with my family. And, um, I mean, I, I, I cried about it with my wife one night that I like, I couldn't even, I couldn't even do that with my family. And, and, uh, I, I felt, you know, when, when you, when you get out and you go to your scene, uh, what is it? CNP, for the VA, um, I was I was dead honest with the with the VA doctor when I told her like I can't even go and walk with my kid without being in pain, and I'm not even 30 yet, and um, it, that really forced me. I was like, you know what? I want to be strong. I want to be big. I want that the ability and the performance and the appearance of being that guy that looks like. He can, he can sprint really fast and he can lift a lot of weight and he can wrestle really well and he can shoot really well. I wanted to have the appearance of a warrior, um, but to continue to do it. I didn't want to be the, you know, the, the, the fat guy on the range that's a coach at talking about the glory days. I want to be the 60-year-old that can probably still kick the shit out of a 30-year-old. Yeah, they can still get it done, yeah. Yeah. And so the, the whole rehabilitation thing, you know, I – I had always known what I should do. I just never had the direct drive um, to actually do it. And I think, you know, that that getting out and that next step of maturity that I was talking about, that, that growing up I had, uh, made me realize, like, look, if you want to do this, and you want to move like you're 19, because um, I'm I'm slowly getting the energy back 
at the end of the day to actually wrestle with my son on the bed and throw him around. Um, I still have the days where I'm just like, I'm tired. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm getting it back. And, and that's, that's extremely important to me because it's not just, you know, being able to wrestle with your child. It's, it's, it's imperative to his growth. It's imperative to my, my growth. And if we both have those memories, then it's imperative to those around us. Um, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll mean a lot to my wife. And then when she goes home and talks to her parents, you know, they see it. And then they talk to her sibling, my wife's siblings about it. And they talk to their spouses and, and then they talk to uh, around their kids about it and then it grows. And so to me, it's not just for myself. Um, you know, I think too many eh, people have their reasons for joining the military, but um, I, in my opinion, and this is going to sound very egotistical, too many people have the wrong reasons for going into the military and, and they see it in a selfish light, which is difficult because humans are naturally selfish. But to me, you have to be selfless in order to not just go into the military, but continue this type of lifestyle. Um, whether you want to be a warrior for yourself or for others, ultimately it comes, it truly comes down to just ultimate selflessness. And if I want my son to be a light in this world, um, to not, not, not motivate others, but inspire others, then I need to have that ability for myself. I can't, it can't just be a talking point in 20 years. I have to emulate it. Is, is there, I mean, how, how would we go about then, how do you measure that for yourself? You know, and I'm not even saying like you, Alex specifically, but I know there's so many people that are in the same kind of position either. And again, it can be military, it can be civilian. And you, you want those things. Like you said, you want to look like a warrior. You want to be more capable and, and know, right. That you physically can do the things that you want to be able to do <clears throat> regardless of, but you know, it could be the worst of circumstances. It could just be, it's something you want for yourself. And we, we talk so much about people just don't understand, like, where do I apply the effort and how do I do it? Is there, yeah, cause I mean, I, there's some people who look at and say, well, okay, this is the military fitness standard. As long as you can, you can meet this, you're fine. And I almost don't know if that's actually a good metric for folks. You know yeah, what I, I mean? I don't, cause it's don't just, a, so it's a predefined, pre-prescribed, generalized set of standards that you have to meet. And the, yeah, the, uh, the, the first, the, um, I was, I was, a, I was a fat kid. I was athletic for the high school that I went to, um, you know, very small town. I mean, yeah. not even 400 students in the whole school. Damn. Um, My and I was, class was I, like 800. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, um, that tells you what kind of town I grew up in California, not, not the surfer type. I was, I was driving trucks and tractors when I was making my own pancakes when I was five years old, you know, now kids can't even, you know, can't go drink from the garden hose when they're 10. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> Um, you know, I was, I was really fat and, uh, 
I was athletic, you know, I could, I could move a little bit of weight, um, but not like some of these 17, you know, 16, 17 year olds that you see on freaking social media these days who are deadlifting 700 pounds. You know, I no no way in hell I could do that. But for the area I was in, I was, I would say I was above average, you know, any, anywhere else I was probably just barely meeting the average line. Um, I was at uh, practice at football practice my senior year and we had a coach um, and uh, you know, he was the, the typical. Now I would probably see him a little bit more of an idiot, but he had, <laughs> he had a really good point one day at practice because I was the, I was the last, I used to be the, the very first done sprinting. I, I, I not cause I was fast, but because I would always, I would fucking give it a hundred percent every time. I would destroy myself. Um, and uh, I was the last in the sprints one day, like constantly during football practice. And uh, my coach Taylor told me, he was like, you're not going to make it in the Marine Corps. He's like, you got to run three miles. And my, one of my older brothers was a, was a coach on the team at that time. And it pissed him off. He didn't like, you know, someone talking trash to his little brother, which, you know, I understood I understand now. Um, but when he said that, I was like, holy shit, he's right. Like I'm the last, like I'm, I'm the most motivated and, and dedicated kid on this team with 16 players and we're 0 and 9. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. And um, I was like, shit, what am I going to do? Like I, I've had this, this, you know, I'm better than everybody attitude. And I, I specifically remember it was a Thursday night and we had, you know, we had our last game the next night. And so Friday morning I weighed myself and I was 253 pounds at five foot 10. And, um, you know, we, we lost our last football game zero to 10. And I just remember 17 years or I was 18 at the end of the season um, or almost 18. And I just remember being in my room, like bawling my eyes out, like, you know, the other kids didn't understand it. And, and looking back now, I'm like, dude, you didn't either, you know, and, and not to talk about like stupid high school glory days, but I, I think that there's, there's a fine line of bullying and constructive criticism um, for a lot of people these days, because now if a coach told a 17 year old kid that wanted to go in the Marine Corps that he was too fucking fat to run three miles, that coach would be fired. And it's, it, he would be, he would become viral because he called a kid fat. Yeah. And, and what it, you know, and, and, um, um, shout out to my recruiter too. Um, he, he told me the same damn thing. I mean, I walked, I was, I was, when I turned 18, I walked into his office and he was like, dude, you're fucking fat. Like, get the hell out of here. Like, not until you lose some weight. And he was straight up with it. Obviously, you know, he was a he was a communications Marine who had been attached with recon plenty of times. So he was, you know, he was a salty bastard. Um, and I ended, I ended up seeing him. Um, he told me that in like 2011. And I ended up seeing him in about uh, early 2016. 190 pounds, you know, getting ready for my first bodybuilding show. And he was Damn. like, holy, he was like, holy <laughs> shit, dude. And, and I, I thanked him right there, you know? Um, and I was like, look, dude, like you, you, 
you know, you, you pissed me off. You made me a, a sad little 17 year old, but, uh, you know, my, my dad wasn't a hard ass. He was, he was, uh, he was a man's man. You know, he farmed for 60 of his like 77 years, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, he was, he was the same way he would, you know, he would, uh, he wouldn't tell you to grow a pear or grow some balls or anything like that. He was a very, uh, faithful man. So he used less colorful words, but, um, uh, you know, I, I had that around me. I had that, that, that manhood warrior mentality from, I mean, when I was little and I, I attribute it to watching movies like Braveheart and saving private Ryan and, and these warrior mentality movies. And some people, some people will watch it as, as uh, you know, it, it's cool when, when William Wallace chops the dude's head off and you know, sticks his tongue out and growls at the dead body. And it's like, when I was watching it, I saw the, the stoicism and the honor in it um, as well as the savagery. Um, you know, when I was, when I was 19 in the Marine Corps, I, I, you know, I had so much testosterone in my body at the time that, that I, I, you know, had more of a urge to, to growl at the headless body than I did about being the, the poet about it. Um, and so I had some, I had some behavioral anger wannabe issues. I wanted to be the badass, but everybody thought I looked stupid. And, and, you know, there's that fine line. Um, but I think, I think that the new generation coming up, um, is so sick of, of men like us not holding them accountable. Yeah. Um, and, and, and in my opinion, I think it's, I think it's my fault because I had, I mean, I had the, the 30, 35 year old high school football coach who was hard on us and held us accountable and, and shook my hand in summer practice when I was a sophomore telling the, the team that I was the only one holding people accountable. And I started to hear these terms when I was, you know, 13, 14 years old. When I, when I, I, as far back as I can remember. Um, and it didn't, it didn't really click in my head until I got out of the Marine Corps. Um, I, I, I think I'm, I'm going an extremely long way around your question on, on how do we, how do we, um, you know, kind of instill that. Um, and I think that, you know, I, I had a talking point on, um, that I was going to say, and I, I've had it in my notes for a while. Um, I spend way too much time on my phone at the gym, not scrolling through Instagram or finding the perfect song, but actually typing shit down in my notes. Um, and I, thinking about it now, I'm doing exactly what my father would do. Um, you know, listening to Rush Limbaugh or you know, listening to uh, the softer, soothing songs of like George Strait and Merle Haggard, and my mom listening to Beethoven and Chopin. Um, I remember my parents always reading books and having um, 
gent- gentler feeling music. I don't want to make uh, yeah, yeah. it sound mm-hmm. weirder, but um, I'm doing, I'm doing more of that. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely pondering more. Um, I've, I've always been, uh, you know, I, I was eight years old and I had someone tell me that I acted like I was 15. I was 15 and I had someone tell me I was acting like I was 20. And I, 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 in certain aspects, I had things to where I was acting my age. And in certain aspects, I had things to where I was acting older and then some out where I was acting too young. And, um, and I think everybody lacks certain physical, emotional, and mental maturity um, at any given age. Um, so I don't, you know, some people, you know, grow physically better than others. And I think some people grow emotionally better than others. Um, I think people grow in their own time. Um, it's, it's funny now uh, that we, 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 we've transitioned from like, like you're saying when you were eight and people were like, you're acting like you're 15 years old. And it was like a good thing. And it's a compliment. Mm-hmm. And then now people look at that same kind of behavior when you're, 16 years old and then like you're acting like you're 40. I mean, and I guess in some instances it could be goofy or bad or whatever, but we don't, we don't really as a society, you know, we don't reward that kind of behavior anymore. It's very uh, disappointing in a lot of ways. And, yeah. you know, you're talking about the the softer music and, and the classical music, things like that. And it's almost like it's becoming lost. Uh, like I, I teach music to high school musicians. Um, that's like the hobby I do outside of this. And I can honestly tell you that in the last 10 years alone, I've seen a transition in just the overall attitude, the perception on things, this, this idea, this toxic, this toxic masculinity uh, concept. I mean, we, uh, I mean, I've had, I've had in the last couple of years, I've had seniors, senior boys, straight up tell me that oh, if their dad ever laid a hand on them, they just never talk to their dad again. And that that's just not the way things should be done. And I'm like, dude, let me tell you a story. <laughs> you know, uh, if my dad had never laid a hand on me and it only happened a couple times, a lot more times he ended up using his belt, but regardless, you know, like I'm the, the I'm at where I'm at now because of things like that, you know, not to say that's not to say my parents abused me. I don't think that's true for one second, but there's just a certain quality to upbringing that I think that we've kind of like lost. And as a result of that, you know, that we've, I I think we've lost or or these kids, this new generation that we're talking about accountability. They no longer have that sense of personal accountability. And that's, uh, it's part of the equation. Like you have to want to be accountable as much as we have to be holding you accountable for that, that goal to be realized. And I think that that lack of desire to be accountable for your own goals and your own actions, I think it's the most toxic thing about this generation. I, I think it's a very difficult, it's a, it's a difficult solve. I don't know how we really address that, but it's really problematic. Yeah. Well, uh, so there's there's a lot of talking points in w- what little you just said that I have been um, um, pondering on. And the, the best time for, you know, I, I was telling um, Jared with Bear and the Outlaw, 
because uh, he's told me he wanted to interview me while I'm working out, like while I'm at the gym, because he knows that that's the most, you know, raw, you know, I could, I could, I could get plastered off of whiskey and I'll still hold things back on you. But you get me in the gym to when I'm getting physically exhausted mm-hmm. and I, I will, I will tell you the flaws of myself and the flaws that I see in you that I would never, I would never tell anyone. And, and, um, you know, not to, not to sound like well, the way I say that makes it sound like, uh, yeah, if I get in a fight, I just, you know, everything turns red, everything turns black. I'm not trying to say that, but, um, it, it is a very raw, um, you know, physical acts is when I get the, um, emotional growth um it is what i have utilized to emotionally grow myself um because you know some you know how do how do we how do we emotionally grow and it's it's not so much character development of external crises in our life it's how we it's how we ponder and how we tell ourselves that we're wrong and um and i i told him that and I think I'm I'm losing my train of thought again. But um, I just there's there's so much of. I watched a video the other day. Oh, so one of the one of the things that I've been pondering on is is um, um, how does a parent discipline a child? How do how do they how do how do they do it? You know, just, you I know, am I the first? Just belt. I don't know. Right. So so <laughs> so each each parent each parent has their own method. Yeah, disciplining your child. It doesn't matter. I mean, it, it doesn't matter. Each each parent determines their their own necessary level on discipline in that own in that given situation. Mm-hmm. You know, my son my son picked up our tiki our tiki torch in the backyard and threw it just because. I mean, you know, he's five years old. He's a boy. He had an impulse of thought pulled it out of the ground and I guess I, I don't know I was there at the gym go. but he just he just chucked it you know and yeah and I my wife was upset about it and I was just like the first thing I thought of was just like okay it's a it's a fucking five dollar tiki torch I don't give a shit it, it kind of looks you like know? a spear. like maybe he just wanted to throw it <laughs> yeah and yeah. and um I mean he's been watching me uh he watches me play Skyrim so it very well could be, you know, a, a spear that because he sees me pull the bow and arrow back on the dragons when they when they're flying overhead, you know, it, it very well could be because he would watch me play uh, Call of Duty, and he would he I have a airsoft pistol that he would run around the house with, and we have like a little island in our kitchen, and he would run in circles mm-hmm. around that, and he would he would hold it with his right hand, and he would pretend to throw underhand with his left, and then he would switch hands, and he would overhand with his right. He's using a flashbang and he's throwing a grenade and he started to notice um, how I would do dry practice in my garage and I would be fully extended out. And he didn't understand the concept of me actually, you know, punching out and going to work, but he knew that I was bringing the gun up eye level. Mm -hmm. And so when he gets the airsoft gun, he'll stand there and he'll put it up to his, with his right hand up to his right eye. He could. He was correlating with the angle that I had it, and uh, it, it just it brings to a point that the kids pay attention. Um, 
And I think that in my, I, I, I think I have the perfect analogy on why each parent has their own level of disciplinary actions. Um, and I think that most parents don't have it balanced. Um, I think that the generation, the parents of this next generation had parents that were like my oldest brother's age. My oldest brother is 17 years older than me. I'm 29. So he's 46 math. Yeah. 46. Thank you. (laughs) You know, and, and, and like, yeah, sure. He was 17 when I was born, but teen pregnancy in the nineties was not uncommon. It was very common to it because mm-hmm. it was, it was on the rise. It was starting to begin. So, you know, my, my brother is definitely more shaka chill than my parents were. Cause my, my parents, my grandparents were, you know, my, uh, my, my grandpa, my father's father uh, drove a Higgins boat in war in the Pacific in world war two and was hit by a kamikaze. My mother's, my grandpa, my, uh, my other grandpa, my mother's father, um, worked on um, what were the bombing bombing airplanes in World War II in Europe, the C forty seven. He worked on he worked on the C forty sevens in England, and like like got bomb uh, got you know took shelter for bombing raids on the regular. Saw that saw how many less airplanes were coming back from bombing missions. Mm-hmm. You know, and knowing that like, if I don't do my job, like these, these men might not come back. And, and, um, that mentality is that mentality of, of serious, of putting the seriousness in work is what my parents got. And so it, in my opinion, directly correlated with me, but I think for the majority of us, um, you know, my dad was old enough for Vietnam, right? He was, uh, he was air force during Vietnam. Uh, my mother was married before she married my father to a green beret during Vietnam. Wow. Okay. Um, I mean, like she married him after Vietnam, but, um, I, th- I think that I have grown up, I, in my opinion, the environment that I, was raised around was a lot more serious and um the next generation um what might think that you know it's not that serious because they didn't have the seriousness of it you know what i mean yeah and um you know i my uh my oldest brother's kids are probably better off because my brother invaded iraq if he hadn't invaded Iraq and had kids at the age he did, they would probably be these, you know, if my dad laid a hand on me, I'm never going to talk to him. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's that, that adage of, uh, what is it? Uh, like easy times breed soft men mm -hmm. and hard times breed strong men. And war certainly is, I mean, you could make a very good argument. That's the hardest of times, and it's unfortunate that that's the connection, but it's, it's really easy to look at it. And, and I mean, you just did it right. Like, Hey, this is how it's worked out. And I, I don't, I, I don't know how we walk it back from that. I don't certainly ever want to advocate for another war, but yeah, well, 
I think, I think uh, uh, the parents have to put a level of seriousness in balance because if you, if you never hit your child, then nothing is ever serious. Oh, I'm only going to get a timeout for five minutes. Gives yeah. a fuck. It, if I only ever get hit, then they only ever get seriousness. And so there's, there's a, there's a healthy balance, I think. And, um, you know, my, my, um, the earliest child, the, one of my earliest childhood memories I have, um, my dad, my dad remembered that it was in, uh, 97 when they painted our front door of the ranch we grew up on. He painted the outside front door black in 1997. I was three and a half years old. And I remember doing this. I took the black paint and I made a big old slash mark across the inside of the door and it was white. Oh boy. And (laughs) my dad comes around, my dad comes around the corner and he's like, Hey, you know, and, and I dropped the brush and I stand, I'm, I'm three and a half. Yeah, yeah, and I remember him. I remember him taking to my taking him taking me in my room, and he spanked me. You know, and when he spanked me, he he would tell us he would get down on one knee and he would say, "Bend over my knee." And a, a lot of people would be like, "That is toxic because you the parent is forcing the child to receive physical punishment. He's re, he's it, he's um forcing him to be beaten." And, you know, it, it took me, you know, 27 years to figure out, you know, like for 27 years, I didn't really give a shit that I got spanked. But after 20, you know, when I got out of the Air Force, I realized what my father was doing was not me forcing me to get beaten. He was he was teaching me that I need to accept the consequences of my actions. Bend yeah. over my knee. You you need to get spanked right now. And I And I think that it's part of the reason why I like, I, I think I you know, subconsciously inherently knew that he was doing that. And so when he would spank me with his hand, with a coat hanger, with his belt, whatever it might be, I never cried in front of him. I would hold back tears. I would have probably, I would probably had tears running down my face, but I specifically remember trying to hold it back in front of him. And, um, and then a few minutes later, my mother came in and, and picked me up and hugged me and said, mommy, daddy, love you. You made a mistake by putting a black stripe on a white door. I didn't really understand the major, the seriousness of the level. (laughs) Yeah. But my dad didn't always use a coat hanger or his hand or, a a, uh, his, his uh, belt. You know, sometimes he would, he would hit us in the shoulder bone with his knuckle. Um, the, the worst punishment I ever got from my father, I was 14 years old. There was some sort of gathering. Um, and I was for sure acting like a jackass and he grabbed me by the shoulder and essentially dragged me in front of everybody through the entire, you know, Christmas Eve party, whatever we were having. And he dragged me to my room and he, he didn't throw me on the ground. He forcibly made me sit down on the floor against the wall and he pointed at me and he said, you sit there and think about what you did. And in my, the very first thing I thought of was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, why, why are you not, why are you not like 
punching my shoulder or trying to kick me in the ass or pull a coat hanger off of every single toy and clothes that I just shoved in my closet, you know, because they told me to clean my room and I, I would just shove everything in my yep. closet. Just hide it. If they can't see it, it's not there. Yeah. Yep. Um, but I, the, the first thing I thought of was just like, why, why is nothing happening? And I had to sit there and think about what I did. And I remember sitting there for about 15 minutes and he came in and he goes, you're done. And I just, and I, it was the, I think it was the first time I ever said yes, sir, to my father. I, yeah. I never called my mom. I never called my mom and dad, mommy and daddy. I, I know that, but I never called them. Sir. I don't think I called my dad, sir, until that day. And, um, and I, I, it, you know, that was 16 years ago. And I, I remember the worst discipline I ever had was, you fucking sit down, you little shit, because you are not, you know what I mean? And it was like, <laughs> well, it doesn't, yeah. And it, it doesn't have to be. And that's the thing. I think everyone or a lot of people want to be critical of it. And they say it's, it comes back to physical beating and it's, it's not to your point. It's the understanding of consequences and what appropriate behavior is. And, <clears throat> you know, and, and through those two things together, right. You kind of mold young people into an acceptable uh upstanding member of society you know that can contribute and and has accountability and has good character and and all the things that are essential i i think my opinion mm-hmm. right uh to being successful in in this world you know uh i don't for one i don't for one second think that if you lack any of those things you're going to find success I mean, period. I don't, I don't think so. If you can't, if you have accountability, you got poor character, like, will you maybe get a job and make a lot of money? Yeah, you might shit rises to the top sometimes, but like, if you want to be truly successful, there's just some things that you can't luck your way into. And if we're talking about building better versions of ourselves and, and through that building better people through our children, you know, that's, that's the way. It, it it has to be that way. It, it was that way for hundreds of years and look where it got us. And then now we're, Oh no, we know better. We're just going to buck the system and, you know, yeah. participation awards and zero accountability. And it's, yeah, it's, if it, it, it can't be that way, if we want to, if we want to be the kind of people we want to be, if we want to have that capability, that strength, that, fitness i mean whatever however you want to quantify that level of success uh proficiency i mean whatever right there's just it there's a way there's a right way and a wrong way you know and i don't give a shit what some psychiatrist says about what it means about you as a person because you spanked your child yeah to me it's more about the outcome you know yeah well i'm there's there's, um, so I'm the youngest of eight. Um, I thought it was bad. I, I I'm think, the oldest of four, and I thought that was a lot. Yeah, I'm the um, I'm the youngest of eight, and I, I I remember my parents always saying like, um, you know, people would ask them, "Are you, you know, not to not to point fingers towards uh, religious denominations, religious factions, whatever you want to call it?" But people would be like, "What are you Mormon? Are you like Mennonites? Like, why do you have so many kids?" And um, it was just like, no, we're just your normal everyday 
mean, we're a Christian family, but no, we just, my parents wanted a lot of kids. They, I think they thoroughly enjoyed being parents. Um, and, um, the, uh, I think too many people get wrapped around, um, you know, I mean, I, I always try to correlate everything to fitness, and I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that think that I'm just a fucking meathead. But you know, people people will say you you cannot squat this way; you have to squat that way. And it's like, who, my body can move in this direction. Who mm-hmm. are you to tell me that my, that I cannot do this? Is it the most optimal thing to do? Is is beating my child the mo- every single time they do something wrong the most optimal thing to do? No. But in order to physically rehab myself, should I probably squat with a flexed back sometimes, you know, like a, like a Zercher squat or a Zercher deadlift, you know, yes. In order to, to strengthen the muscles in this position, can I put my child in timeout or can I just sit down with them calmly and talk to them or can I spank them or take a toy away or time whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, understanding that, Hey, last time I spanked him and, and is this situation worse than the last time I spanked him or is it not as worse or is it the same level? If to me, if it's the same level or less of a serious consequence, then I, then I just, I put him in timeout. I send him to his room for five minutes or I, I, I carry him up to his room and I, and I sit him down on his bed and I'm like, look, little fucker, you know, cause I want to spank you, but I need to hold yeah. myself back. And I, and I talk to him and I'm like, you cannot act this way. You cannot scream just because you want to watch finding Nemo. You cannot scream on the beach just because, you know, we've been here for three hours instead of three and a half. Like we are standing in 95 degree weather right now. You don't understand this. So spanking him in that situation, I, you know, I can't spank my kid because he's screaming on the beach. He doesn't want to leave. But I can, I can, hey, listen, we need to get out of here. You're five years old. You're, you probably shouldn't be out here this long under a searing sun and water and whatnot. And, you know, now my son has a little bit of redness on his cheeks. And I'm like, okay, any freaking longer. And I would have probably put my child through danger. You know, I uh, going through leaving Bush Gardens in Williamsburg, Virginia, you know, a, a crowded theme park. And my son takes off in the parking lot and there's plenty of drunk people just zooming down lanes. Yeah. And this this was, you know, after a 10 minute walk, I couldn't I had a, I, I could barely walk. I had a limp. And we had walked the park for like two hours and my son booked it and he's fast obviously because he's little and i can't run for shit i'm old or i feel old yeah and i caught up i caught up to him and i i I got him a good you know three four times in the ass and i was like that at that moment what is worse hey you can't run through the parking lot you're gonna get ran over and your head's gonna explode it's okay though like no no you cannot freaking do that and i will i gotta do something to understand what's worse getting run over yeah or a spanking on the butt that'll that'll settle in, in 45 seconds yeah he's got to understand the gravity of what yeah. what could potentially and, and, happen yeah. And, yeah so i think i think some parents i think you know i'm not 
I, you know, I think some people, some parents will be like, I'm never going to beat my child and I'm only going to give them time out. And then the other side is like, no, you have to beat them. And then you only have time out and then you only have beating and you don't have anything of balance. And, you know, everybody always says life is about balance. You have to balance work. You have to balance life and your workouts and your nutrition. And it's like, if life is about balance, then it is about balance in every aspect. Yeah. It, and, um, you have to strive for it. It's not, no one's yeah. going to be easy, but it's, it's, and it's, it's not going to be easy. And, and, you know, were there, th- were there times that my dad probably spanked me that I didn't deserve it? Yeah. I'm sure. You yeah, know, I mean, he was a, he, yeah, he's only human. And, and that's not, you know, true maturity in my opinion is, is realizing unless you are, you know, have you ever, did you ever read the book, a child called it? I have not. So the, the book, a child called it is, I don't know if it still is, but when I was in high school, it was still the worst case of American child abuse. Um, yeah. And, and he wrote two books. And the, I remember the, the first book, 16 years old, bawling my eyes out in class, reading it horrible um and then i remember reading the second book like crying tears of joy and and um you know he he would write in this book like you know i when i when i finally forgave my mother it wasn't like yeah she beat the fuck out of me she fed me ammonia i had to eat my own shit it was she he was is essentially the way I interpreted it was that she did the best she could. She was batshit crazy, but every parent is trying to do the best that they can. And, and, and some of it is inherently wrong. I'm not going to take away from that. Um, some people just shouldn't have kids. I'm not the judge to decide who, but. Um, no, I agree with that. You, it's you, not for you everyone. Can't, yeah. You can't. Um, You can't tell, in my opinion, you can't tell one parent that they're, that you can't directly tell them that they're wrong. You know, these, these videos that, uh, Bear is posting out there to where I, you know, like he comes up to me and he's like, give me dad advice. And I have to spit off the first thing in my head. And some people complain about how I explain it. And I'm like, dude, it's for the moment. Like, um, but uh, there's, there's a, there's, there's a balance. Everything, you know, everything is about balance and, and uh, you know, going back to the, everything always goes in a circle, going back to the, the fitness thing is, you know, I, I, uh, the majority of what I do now is like balance and stability work. And if I can control my body to be absolutely perfectly balanced, then I think maybe my mind will grow to be perfectly balanced. And so, I, to me, I essentially have to use that, that physicality every day. Um, I train smart in order to train hard. Um, Cause there's, I mean, there's time I, I, I messaged you when I got home from the gym and that was like a two hour and 15 minute workout. And, uh, two days ago I was there for about three and a half hours. Um, and the reason why I get so lost in it is just because I'm doing, I'm doing a hell of a lot more pondering and I'm writing a lot of my notes about 
how can I be a better instructor? How can I, how can I aid other, you know, aid people in rehabilitation better? How can I be a better father, a better husband? And I just, you know, I'm, I, uh, I come from a religious background. Um, I got kicked out of the air force over religious reasons. Um, I religiously denied the vaccine. Um, and because of that, it made me realize where I was lacking in my faith. And I've, 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 uh, forced myself to grow from there. So that's, that's why like I use the gym as emotional growth, um, because it really helps, helps open up my clarity. Yeah. It's that, 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 that amount of personal, I guess it's personal reflection time. It's honestly, it's kind of funny now. Cause like you look at, you look at some people and you ask them if they have that in their life. They have that time where they're away from a screen. They're away from, you know, the people. They're away from all the, the shit and just have time alone with their thoughts. How many people don't build that into their life? You know, whether it's it can be it doesn't have to be in a gym. It can be running. It can be I, I, I fucking hate fishing. But if you're one of those who likes it, and you want to go sit on a boat and just sit there with you, your rod and the fish cool more power to you you know what i mean like that time to that like self introspection time and to think about that stuff like it's healthy and now with technology i mean you got a smart watch you got a phone you have a tablet everything's bluetooth connected to everything and it <clears throat> it's only healthy to have that kind of time to sit there and reflect and you know and and ideally be able to get almost lost in your thoughts a little bit just like you said ponder through some of these things figure some things out for yourself and maybe if you're lucky have a breakthrough on something you've been trying to i don't know noodle on for a while and and uh and be better for it i I don't understand people that don't have that i again i I think it's uh i mean there's probably science to it but it's probably a a contributing factor to depression yeah well i mean there's um you know, people, people will say, you know, the, the depression is, uh, is at an all time high than any other generation. And, and I think that's true. Um, the only, the only time, the only reason why I might like slightly ponder on why I don't believe that's true is because who in 1863 was going around the continental United States asking people, are you depressed and recording it? You know what I mean? And so, uh, but I, I, I tend to bias towards that. We are more depressed because nobody has a fucking purpose anymore. And, and unless you, I mean, unless you were the only survivor and you had all six of your kids murdered and scalped by native Americans and, and your, your wife was kidnapped and raped to death and you lost everything and you barely survived then like okay yeah you you know that that's freaking horrible but the majority of people back then that went through that it wasn't like oh my god i'm depressed it was like it was almost like fuck again you know what i mean mm-hmm. and and uh today people just don't have a purpose and and they they um they they get so lost into escaping just the mundane everyday life and that's why like i don't work a nine to five now and i'm trying to um if if my i've been i've been telling my wife this for the last few years um 
And so, and, and I, she, she still doesn't listen um, and that's fine because she's, a, she's a woman and she's an adult and she can do what she wants. Um, but I've told her plenty of times, like, stop fucking working. Like we're, we're okay. We, you know, I, I don't want to force my family just to survive. I want to thrive. But if spiritual, emotional, mental, and physical growth and being and balancing everything is what is going to make us it, it, it that, you know, balancing the, the four pillars of life is, is truly, truly comes down to just that the raw human nature. Making a bunch of money and buying a bunch of stupid shit is not raw to human nature. That's brand new. You know what I mean? I mean, kingdoms, kingdoms 500 years ago weren't buying, you know, a king wasn't buying whatever the hell he wanted. I mean, sure, he would probably spend a lot of money on the best food and best horses. Yeah. But there was some of it that had to go back to the people. They would give the bare minimum back to the people because they didn't want the people to revolt and and put them to the guillotine. It's right. just a lot of times through history is that the everyday human citizen of that empire, nation, tribe, whatever you want to call it, knew that the purpose of life was – to survive with your family and grow together. And that is what made you thrive. Um, and if they didn't get that growth because they were only getting the bare minimum, then they fucking revolted. And, right. and, and I'm not, I'm not trying to insinuate anything here. I promise, you know, no, but, but the I majority mean, you, of, you got to be on the right track because if, if people, if people didn't think that way, what you guys are doing with like maneuver and Orion training group and things, you wouldn't be in business because there'd be nobody paying yeah. money to learn those things. So yeah, I mean, you gotta be on the right track. People look for these things. They, they, that, that, that purpose, right. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's, you know, uh, technology and modern civilization affords us a lot of things. So to your, <clears throat> your point earlier, things are not quite as rough and dangerous as they used to be, but to that same point, that that sense of purpose is much easier lost, mm-hmm. and I think that's why so many people seek out what you guys are doing, what you're teaching, uh, coming to you to con- to rehab to continue that. I guess I'll use the word quest, <laughs> that journey, right? Yeah. To, to 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 find that that purpose or to to pursue it further, you know, and mm-hmm. I. You know, and I know we're pushing up at the end of it. So, I mean, I, I, I think it's awesome, you know, what y- you have going on with this. And uh, to me, it makes a lot of sense. And I, I hope to you listening, it makes sense where I know we talked about, you know, maneuver and leaderless gentlemen, where can people find more of your information? If they want to, you know, have to listen to this, they want to like reach out and connect with you. Um, I know you're on social media, but where can people get a hold of you at? Um, well, the, the, um, I do not have an official business license yet. Um, and like I've stated a few times with the lifters guild is that I don't have an extensive amount of what I would call formal education. 
Um, you know, some of the, some of the most brilliant minds in modern society has stated like, you don't need to go to college to be smart. I mean, you look at Elon Musk and the majority of the crazy knowledge he has is all self study. Um, and so, um, I am in the process. I was actually just talking to my wife about this yesterday because I think so many people are hungry, you know, for the leader of this gentleman, I, I teach a lot of, of, of having honor and making the, the, the right, the difficult choices, which are generally the, um, the right one. You know, the, the simplest choice of just go to the gym is, you know, generally the right choice. Um, I'm, I'm in the process of trying to, I've had so many, so many people ask me for like a rehab program. Yeah. Um, I, I don't have, unfortunately, I don't have anything official but I will say that I am in the extensive research of trying to make shit official. Um, and um, the majority of my time, as much as I'm providing to people, as much as people want, in all honesty, I put forth more effort into myself and I put more emphasis into myself directly so my son can see the actions that I have. Because my son right now, five years, just turned five years old, is asking me almost every single time that he wants to go to the gym with daddy and get big and strong. And I've, I've taken him to the gym before and he was playing with his iPad because I needed to keep him in the corner and away from the weights. And I keep, I keep shoving him off for it because it's like, look, I'm not taking you to the gym right now. Yeah, you know, you're five. You're gonna you're gonna slow me down. Um, um, you know, in in ten years, you can go and we can start slowly building together. But um, I'm I'm in the process um, of trying to provide what people are asking of me because I know people are hungry for it. Uh, but the best the best ways to do it are um, just through either the lifters, either the tactical lifters guild or the leaders gentlemen. I mean, you could message me on whichever one. Um, and, and I mean, I had a gentleman, a, a, a regular civilian told me that he had a lot of, you know, neck issues, C-spine issues. And I'm like, I don't, I don't have neck. Like I told him straight up. I was like, like I don't have neck stuff. I don't have anything wrong with my neck. I have some degenerative disc uh, syndrome in there, but that's it. Um, and I, so I told him I would have to ponder on it. And I did, I did research. I just researched on my own. And if I apply that everything in life is about balance, um, then it's very easy to start understanding the actual rehabilitation um, aspect of it. You know, I need to be able to stretch my muscle. I need to be able to mobilize my muscle. I need to be able to activate my muscle and I need to be able to do the same of everything with the ligaments and the joint capsules of it. Um, and so I, I give the self study, you know, cause I, I, I read a lot. I've, I mean, I'll watch a lot of, uh, you know, squat university and he talks about stuff, but, um, I take his points and I, I kind of run with it and I do my own research. Okay. How would this ankle mobility warm up for a squat benefit my knee? How is my knee going to benefit my hip? How is my hip going to benefit my back? How is that going to benefit my shoulders and my neck? And, um, people can come to me and ask questions all they want. Um, because I, I mean, I, I had that, that civilian dude tell me, he was like, you, because he told me like what, 
um, what they, what his doctors and physical therapists gave him. And I explained to him like, you know, your doctor is telling you to stretch. Your physical therapist is telling you to strengthen. One hurts. One doesn't really hurt. You need to take a, you know, 50% from the stretching and 50% from the, from the workout and combine it. Um, and then you can start to pick and choose which one you want more of, which one feels better to increase your chances because it's not a physical therapist doesn't tell you essentially how to do something. They tell you how not to do it because you have to figure out how to do it for yourself. And, um, you know, because you watch things like squat university and, um, he's okay. Sorry. And, uh, my son's having a bad right now. <laughs> he's okay, man. Um, um, you know, you, you, it's the same thing as parents, you know, you can't tell one parent how they have to discipline their child because that child is different. Every child is different. You, you yeah. do have to be calm majority of the time. You know, you might have to spake sometimes you might have to put in time out sometimes. And it's just like, you might have to stretch sometimes you might have to strengthen sometimes and you have to determine for yourself those, um, times on when to do so. You know, I, I've, I've noticed that, um, if I want to move like I'm 19 again, I can't just go and move like I'm 19 again. I have to preset the arena, the environment for myself in order to move like I'm 19 again. And, and, um, you know, I, to, to today and I, and I'm, you just said we're wrapping it up, but, <laughs> um, uh, you know, I told you before we hit record that I would, I would go off on tangents and I'll, and I'll try to end it with this. But, um, when we were 19, you know, when I was 16 years old, I had such a shit diet, but I was 16. So my body was, was able to combat against my shit diet. Now that I'm almost 30, my body can't, com cannot God, combat against could. my shit diet. Right. And yeah. so in, in order to move like I'm 19 again, I have to give myself the nutrition and set the environment up for myself in order to move like I'm 19 again. And, um, you know, or for 16 again, whatever it may be. And, and, um, you know, you have to do the research for yourself. It, people will be like, red meat is bad for you because Merle Haggard died. And when they did the autopsy, he had 40 pounds of unprocessed red meat in his body. And I'm like, yeah, but that motherfucker probably drank a bottle of whiskey a day, smoked a pack of cigarettes every day, took a lot of drugs and only ever ate red meat. Yeah, there's probably some other indicating <laughs> factors that yeah. we might be omitting from that opinion. And And so... Um, you know, I, I'm, uh, people, you know, I tell some people stop eating vegetables and they're like, what? I need fiber. How do I poop? And I'm like, well, you can get your fiber from fruit, which actually the fiber from the fruit that you get, it processes and metabolizes through the body so much faster than vegetables do because vegetables have such a high um, percentage of fiber that it takes it's like giving your body so much protein that you just, you end up taking a big dump right after. If you give yourself so much fiber, the body is like, whoa, dude, like hold up, man. And it actually slows the process of breaking that fiber down. If you get fiber from fruit, especially in the morning, 
much healthier for you than drinking coffee. You, you kickstart your metabolism with those really good, healthy sugars. And I've never had the best morning poops in my life. than when I started to actually, then when I actually started to eat fruits every day and, um, it's not that I don't eat vegetables anymore. It's that I'm very selective. You know, I, I, I love fruit so much because it's God's dessert. Um, but my wife and I, we, we only buy organic. Um, and even if we buy organic, we still wash it and we, mm-hmm. we wash it in like the water vinegar, um, baking powder, baking soda solution to get all of those pesticides off. And it's like, can you do the same with vegetables? Because the fruits will have it on on them, and you can't get it off unless you specifically wash it. But with vegetables, they absorb it a lot more, and so you can't really get it out of oh, the vegetable. That's and a good so point, yeah. I don't, I don't. It's not that I don't eat vegetables. It's that the only way I'm going to is if I buy it from like the local farmers market. Yeah. And even at, on it, yeah. yeah, even at that, I might still be a little hesitant because, I mean, my father, like I said, farmed for 60 of his 77 years. Um, I remember him complaining about California forcing him to grow organic, organic crop because he would lose a lot of it and he wouldn't make as much of a profit. And so um, – you know, I, I understand the process of wanting to spray these pesticides on it to to keep them healthier, uh, because that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to save the crop, not poison us. They're trying to save the crop. Um, it doesn't always work out that way, though. It, 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 yeah, it doesn't always work out that way because I mean these these oils that they're spraying on them, and these I mean these. Uh, you know, somebody asked me, why is seed oil so bad for you? And I'm like, because it's, it's not because it's processed because, you know, you, you, uh, you take strawberries and you turn it into jam, you're still processing it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's a healthier process. Um, I, I mean, I would say it's a healthier process, but it's, it's not as many processes. And if I'm going to turn strawberries into jam i'm i'm putting it over heat and i'm mixing it with you know acidic juice and sugar and that's it and i'm just slowly heating it up i'm not putting it through these crazy abnormal unnatural temperatures in a factory and putting it through god-awful amounts of pounds per square inch that you know no human can do with their foot or no you know, like they used to process grains with the stone and the donkey turning it in a circle. It's essentially the same thing. It's just now they've taken it so far that our bodies don't know how to handle it. And so it's not – people are like, I don't do anything processed. And it's like it's everything is processed. To some degree you know, or to, another. Yeah. To, to some degree or another, it's processed. It's just the more processed there is to get that meal. Mm-hmm. you know um but it's just it depends on to me whether that process has been used for thousands of years or whether it's been used in the last 100 
because if it's been used in the last 100 years, then I try to, you know, steer clear of it. If it's for the past few thousands, you know, I'll drink, I won't drink, I won't drink Coors Light. I won't drink craft beer, but I'll drink like real organic mead because that's the one type of alcohol that we've been consuming for thousands of years, you know, real wine. Um, more so of an more of an ale. Entirely different reason altogether. Yep. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I again, I'm sorry. You know, you no, already man. said wrapping it up went off again. <laughs> no, it's good. It's it's all great information, and honestly, I I love to hear it. I'm here for it. I really appreciate you carving out the time to sit down and 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 chat, tell the story, talk about everything you guys got going on, and and what you're working towards. And uh, I, I think it's tremendously helpful when we look at what people are trying to accomplish and the <clears throat> what is often not an easy road for some people to figure out and navigate themselves. So uh, yeah. I, I, I appreciate the hell out of it, Alex. I really do, man. Um, thank you so much. And I look forward, hopefully we can connect in the future here and, and catch up and do more of this. Cause I think it's, it's just information. People really, really need access to. You know, it's really, it's all really good stuff. So, so again, thank next you. Time, and, uh, next time I'll have i uh, I'll have better lighting in here. Sorry. It's so dark. <laughs> oh no, it's all good, man. It's all good. So, uh, you know, uh, thanks again. And we'll definitely be in touch and, and take care, sir. Yeah, absolutely, man. Thank you. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation with Alex. Uh, God knows it, it went to places I couldn't never have guessed that we would have ended up, uh, you know, talking about those things, getting into that, uh, you know, parenting and, uh, and building better people and accountability and all that stuff. But it's, it's all great stuff. You know, it's all things that we need to talk about and information, opinions, whatever vernacular suits you, right? It it needs to be said. It needs to be heard more importantly. Uh, and it, it, I really, I just, I really enjoyed the conversation, guys. You know, having a the having a sense of purpose, right, and a sense of understanding about yourself, and and uh, you know, and this inherent interest in investing in yourself. People take it for granted, and they see it for something that it it isn't all the time. You know what I mean? Like we have these discussions about wanting to be successful, but everyone's definition is a little bit different. And some people just see it as material things chalk up to equal, you know, equal to success. Um, and that's not always the case, you know, success can mean a lot of different things. And I think that when we look, especially in our community here, and as this relates to the chat I just had with Alex, you know, a lot of people want to be you know, in years down the road, they want to, that their success is they were able to give their kids a great childhood and are still able to be active and be able to participate with their kids. That's, that's their success. It's not measured in dollars. It's not measured in how many cars you own or, or, you know, how many vacations you went on. There's, there's a deeper value there. And, uh, listening to, to Alex, right. Talk about his upbringing and the experiences and the respect he has for his parents and their, what I'll say was their parenting style, because I think that's an appropriate term. And it's, it is truly as our style is with anything, fashion, whatever parenting is its own unique style for everybody. Um, you know, there's something to be said for the successes of children who come from parents who do things a certain way. And the more we look at 
how many people enter our community and are completely lost at trying to find these this level of success. And that can be defined in a number of ways. It could be physical fitness. It could be shooting. It could be whatever, right? <clears throat> the personal accountability and the, the character that is instilled in them by their parents is what ultimately drives so many people in this space, right? to be successful and to find their success, you know, or and not, not exclusively. Some people come from very bad parents. Some people come from broken homes, but typically there is that parental figure that fills in that role. And they, and, and those extraordinary people that do extraordinary things are born of those usually relatively similar circumstances. So, uh, it was really cool to, to get Alex's perspective, um, you know, having spent time in the Marines and the Air Force and uh, now as a civilian and as a father, I, I just I really enjoyed the discussion. And I, you know, I urge you guys to uh, look up all the stuff he's sharing, you know, whether it's uh, Leaderless Gentlemen or, or Tactical Lifters Guild, both of them over on Instagram. And, you know, if you're looking at taking a course with Maneuver Training Solutions, if you're somebody who, who likes to follow, you know, Blake and what he teaches, then you'll likely have an opportunity to interact and learn from Alex. So uh, super solid dude, you guys. I really did. I really did enjoy this uh, discussion and somebody I genuinely look forward to being able to bring back on the pod for a follow-up discussion and we get in, you know, maybe into training and things like that more. Um, but very, very cool discussion. I hope you guys really did. You know, I really do hope that you guys enjoy it um, or did enjoy it. I, I definitely did. Um, that's what we're all about right now. You know, I just want to connect with people that are going to, have a great story to tell and good information to share and a unique perspective perspective to provide. And, uh, it's, it's what we need in this community. You know, it's how we found our, I'll say is our particular brand of success here at prepared mindset and going to continue to work towards that. It's not about follower count. It's not about dollars and free shit all the time and stuff. It's, it, it's hopefully it, it's different for us and I hopefully it's, it's different for you too. So at any rate, um, you know, it was a very, very cool experience there. And we're gonna have more of that coming in the next several weeks here are very busy for me. So uh, you guys will experience uh, kind of like we did last year as I, you know, head off to go teach band camp, we'll have a, a, little, a little different flavor of content coming to you that week. And um, honestly, it's something I look forward to because I get to talk about something a little bit different that, uh, you know, kind of helped shape me and push me down the path that, <clears throat> that that led me to where I am right now. Um, in a variety of different ways and a lot of different stories and stuff I get to share with you guys. So I look forward to that every year. Um, but that's all I got for you guys this week. Uh, great, great episode. Really, really happy to be able to connect with Alex and, uh, get him to then, you know, by proxy connect with all of you until next week though, you guys get out there, hit the range, hit the gym. And like we always say here, work hard, train smarter. And as always be prepared. <laughs>